Hello everyone, welcome to Desert Island Games, my name is Richard and today we have another guest, another guest waiting in the wings to talk about what games they would take on a desert island. Um, it's great to be doing these interviews again, or oh, these talks, interviews such cold words I think, a, a nice <laughs> sit down discussion and it's it's really, it's a, it's a lot of fun and today I've got Ben, Bullet Bulletin Ben or Ben? Uh, ben, Ben's ben, fine. Ben. Yeah. Uh, so we've got Ben from a very good podcast. Actually, do you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Ben take it away and tell us where he's from and his corner of the internet. Take away, Ben. Oh, okay. All right. So I'm Ben. Uh, Bulletin Ben is my uh, Twitter username if you guys want to follow on that. Um, but I am one third of a podcast called Play Along Podcast. Um, it's myself, Jared and Kai. And... It's kind of uh, we we go we bounce around from how we describe it. It's essentially like a book club for video games. Um, so we will take a game and we break it into sections. We play a section each week and then we come together to talk about it. But the whole premise is that you guys know what we're playing, so you can play the section with us and kind of hear our take on it and also give your take on it. Um, but then somebody also described it at one point as an audio book because we kind of go through each section of the game and go through the plot of what's happening and the gameplay and stuff. So at the minute we're doing uh, Danganronpa, Trigger Happy Trivuk, ha Tripper Happy Havoc. There you go. I always get it. It's such a long name. So, uh, whoever thinks of these names needs to sit, oh, in room, sit in a corner and just have a word of himself. But we've done um, Ocarina of Time, Metal Gear Solid... Kentucky Route Zero, uh, like a whole bunch of games. And the, the, the thing that we like about it is that you don't have to stay up to date. You can look through the backlog and if you're playing Ocarina or if you're like, oh, I loved Ocarina as a kid, you can just listen to the Ocarina series, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what we do at Play Along Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we was talking just before this, Jared does a kick-ass job of he does. promoting everything. And he posts... Uh, he posts links of the to the podcast when it goes live. He posts schedules of what's going up when and what like how we're breaking the game up. So you know where to play to. Um, and yeah, come along, listen, play, and uh, yeah. Well, I mean, we're always looking for feedback and stuff. It's it's weird. We haven't had any constructive criticism on the podcast. Everyone seems to love it, and so we're kind of waiting for people to tell us how we can do things a bit better, but apparently people people love what we're doing, so... That's, uh, you know, it's the best way. I mean, if people are happy, then keep doing what you're doing. One of my favourite episodes <laughs> was uh, the Resident Evil. I think... I can't oh, remember if it was yes. you said... Yeah. You, your, it was Resident Evil Village. So, uh, for those who don't know, and we're going to get into Desert Island Games, and I'll go through all the Desert Island Games bits in a minute, um, but the... Um, the Resident Evil one, where um, I can't remember if it was yourself or Jared, basically said that at one point you played it with the lights off, and then the next time you didn't play it with the lights off because it was, you know, it was <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. that horrific. I think it was Jared. Yeah, we. Um, I think that was the the castle section when you're going through Dimitri's castle. Yep. Um, because it's it's just full of jump scares and like tight corridors and all of that kind of stuff. Mm. But I mean, yeah, we. We go uh, all kinds of games. I mean, we've played... In I mean, Kai is kind of like our resident indie person. Yeah. So he picked, like, that Dragon Cancer, Firewatch. I picked that Dragon Cancer, sorry. He picked Firewatch. He picked uh, Kentucky Route Zero. So we do that. 
um, like I said, we've done Metal Gear. We cover a whole range of things. And then we also have started recently doing a side series um, called Get Wrecked, where once a month, one of us will have someone else on. So we will, you know, for instance, recently I've done one with Ian of Retrospective Pod, uh, Retrospective Replay. And we each recommend each other a game. And then we just come together and have a quick discussion about it. So he recommended me a Space Hulk game from PS1, like a Warhammer game. Yeah, And I, I recommended him uh, Apocalypse, which is the Bruce Willis twin-stick shooter that was also on PS1. Jared's done, like, Super Mario Galaxy. And, like, there's a, there's a whole kind of thing. as like, a little bonus episode that comes out once a month. Um so yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel like we do a fair share of stuff. That's uh, that's cool. I uh, Jared has he said to me he said about coming on to get wrecked. Uh, we just haven't actually sorted anything out yet. Um, but because you know schedules and Jared lives in the states, so it's yeah. always just trying to get everything sorted. But honestly, uh, folks, I can't recommend Play Long Pod enough. Uh, make sure you are playing the games, or if you've played the game, because spoilers are, are plenty in their podcast. You don't want to sit there and go, oh, I'm going to listen to the Resident Evil Village one, but I've never played it. Uh, you know, <laughs> experience the game. Yeah. Unless, unless you don't like horror games like me, then listen to the Resident Evil one. That's why I listen to it. So yeah, do do go check them out on Twitter. Give them all the love. They'll they'll shout it all out at the end, and they'll go through it all. But honestly, it's it's one of the best... It's one of the best game podcasts you'll find uh, from... Uh, that's you know sprouted up and you said uh in the, the beginning if you're up coming up to a year old yeah yeah well, uh, i think it's late february early march roughly is our year um which is which is crazy all, all of this was just jared's idea this is all jared's brainchild he um so me and jared used to jared used to write for the website that i used to run got you and so we've known each other like eight or nine years and we was messaging each other and he was just like, oh, yeah, by the way, I've got this podcast idea. Da, da, da. Do you think I should do it? And I was like, mate, like, I, I'm not saying they're not out there. I don't know of any other podcast that no. does that does a book club style thing. And I mean, like you said, obviously, you do have spoilers because we will go through the story and explain everything that's happened. But I was just like, yeah, you have to do this, man. But yeah, I think late february i think it is roughly is is one month anniversary we've got a little uh special thing planned that i can't say too much about but there no, is a celebration <laughs> yeah don't give anything away go go subscribe <laughs> to it um i like to shout out good pods same as i know you guys do so you can download it on good pods i expect you can get it on any other platform same as this show so for those who are wondering, those who are new, those who have come across from wherever you come across from Desert Island Games, it's all about bringing guests on and just talking and discussing and having a chat about certain games that our guests would take on a Desert Island. There are many different categories. One of my favourite we'll get to, which is um, which one is the, the your unpopular gaming opinion. It's always a lot of fun to find out how we can stir a lot of people up because <laughs> people people have got opinions. And some of them are very unpopular. Um, but we will get to that in due course. Um, you can find this show on Anchor, as I've said, and all the other podcasting apps. So please do go download it. Let's get into the show. Um, our first category is childhood game. But before we go into childhood gaming, I kind of I love to know when it kind of starts for you, Ben. When did you realize, actually, do you know what? Uh, gaming as a media is something i want to be involved in you said you you know you were part of a website when did that kind of all kind of tick and when did it kind of happen for you 
Oh, God. Um, We're going deep for the first question. So, it's weird, because one of my very, very first memories is actually a game in memory, not of me, but of my dad and a friend of his playing the original Tekken, the super, super blocky PS1 fire. Um, And then when I was maybe about five or six, a friend... A family friend, my mum had a, a friend of hers and she had sons. They had uh, a Mega Drive or Genesis for, for people who don't live in Europe. But that was the first thing that I played. Uh, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Streets of Rage, yeah. that kind of thing. And then it just steadily progressed from there. Um, I got a PS1 and then the game that I'm going to talk about in terms of my childhood game is is what solidified me as a gamer um and it just kind of progressed from there uh you know eventually got the ps2 sold that so i could uh <laughs> so i could actually buy my my girlfriend a uh, christmas present i needed the money so i sold my <laughs> ps2 um and then ended up buying a 360 went to uni discovered that playstation had free online gaming and i'd never played online games before um so sold my xbox actually to my dad who gave me the money to buy a ps3 and it just kind of progressed from there the website was something that came about from being at uni um my first year i did a psychology degree but i did psychology a level as well so i it sounds horrible to say but my first year of uni was essentially my a levels like i knew everything yeah. that happened so I was like, I'm, I, I've got too much time. Like, I never thought I would say that about uni, but I was like, I need something to do. And started off as an Instagram page, and then it kind of grew. Jared got involved, a bunch of other people got involved, and it progressed. I mean, I, I'm i looking at getting back into doing it solo and kind of having, like, a, a YouTube channel and a Twitch and stuff where I'll review games and all of that kind of stuff because yeah. I do miss doing it, but... Yeah, I mean, it was it was crazy. It kind of progressed to the point where we were like getting games on embargo before they came out and going to press events. We went to EGX, which is like a massive conference, like convention here in the UK. Um, so yeah, it just kind of all snowballed and, and progressed. But I, I would say PS One when I was about five. When I was, I was probably about six or seven with the PS One. That's probably what solidified it. The very beginning was the was the Mega Drive. It's, um, it's mad though, isn't it? I remember like one of my first memories of playing Duke Nukem and Doom with my dad. So mm. on the PC, the original Duke Nukem. Yeah, that sounds like the perfect parent. <laughs> I'm sitting there next to yeah. playing Duke Nukem, <laughs> um, the original. Which you know, but it's amazing how those memories kind of stick and they kind of help you walk a certain path. If that makes sense, um, you know, and it's 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 kind of. It's kind. Of, it's it's really good to hear that that's kind of stuck with you and that original Tekken, you know, and they they kind of make you keep your kind of brain kind of ticking into gaming because back then when the PS One was, I mean, we're talking the original Tekken was ninety seven, ninety six, yeah, probably like that. about that ninety ninety five, ninety six, yeah, probably. That, yeah, the graphics to com- compared to what we had then to now is just insane, and in such a short space of time, you know, yeah. I just for me it's kind of this incredible journey between and it's been a, an incredible journey for for anybody who's been involved in this media you mentioned EGX I've been there done it great I've been there twice 
um, and did this show live or live at the show at, at EGX with an indie dev from Chucklefish. Oh wow! Okay, Fuck yeah, hell. that was that Sorry. was yeah. That's 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 big though. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was kind of mad. I took my my microphone. I took um, recording equipment, and um, yeah, that was that was a crazy interview to do with with a developer. I just walked up to him. No, no, I was just like, "Hi, uh, I do this podcast. Can I get your?" And they were like, "Yeah, let's do it." I was like, "This is this is mad." So EGX is cool, but uh, shout it out because if it happens again this year, I'd love to go again this year or even next year. It's such a good day. Yeah. So your game, if you're, if we're mm-hmm. going to put you on island, uh, and you got to sit in the sand, and you got to play this game. What game is it? It's uh, the game that I talk about quite often on Player Long Pod, which probably annoys Jared and Kai. Um, but it's Metal Gear Solid, the very original Metal Gear Solid. Um, I absolutely love that game. Um, I mean, I'm sitting here, people listening won't be able to see it, but like I've got my little Solid Snake statue, I'm getting a Solid Snake tattoo. Like, I absolutely love this game absolutely love this game people have got no idea I've just literally just jumped around the room because (laughs) I I can we can we can the podcast's over we're just going to sit and talk Metal Gear that's it done yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, the the weird thing is right the Metal Gear Solid solidified me as a gamer in a way because at the time like I said I was playing Streets of Rage I was playing Sonic and I was playing some games. Most of my time on the PS1 was spent playing Tekken 3 with my dad. That was like a big, big thing. And even now, I mean, to this day, I still love fighting games. I still play like Soul Calibur and all of that sort of stuff. Like I'm, I still love fighting games. But the weird thing was, this is this is how you know it was long ago. We was at Blockbuster Friday night movie night. We was at Blockbuster, and. I was probably about six or seven and I I had picked the movie I wanted to watch. We normally pick like two movies. I'd picked my movie. My dad was still making up his mind. And I went to uh, the clearance bin. They used to have like a little clearance bin in Blockbuster with the games that they couldn't rent anymore because they were too old. People didn't want them, whatever. And I saw Metal Gear Solid in there. And so I picked it up and I looked at it and looked at the back and I was like, oh, it's like a spy thing. Like, it sounds awesome showed my dad and he was like yeah okay fine you're seven like you know if you want to start playing a bit more adult stuff that's fine i'm gonna sit with you when you play it but if you want to play it that's fine and that was it like it's literally all history from there you know that game the way it's shot like a lot of people talk about the plot and stuff like that and i do love the plot of the game but for me it's the cinematography of the game of how it's done you know the the beginning with mm. the woman singing that i like she's singing the uh, the irish song and he's in the sea and it's so james bond and i was like this is a movie this isn't a video game and i think that was kind of when i was like okay video games are not just side scrolling platformers they're not just fighting games there is like a, a movie thing because I mean I loved movies growing up we always did like blockbuster nights or um anyone who's British will know uh, there's a channel called film 4 in the UK and they show loads of movies and that was how I got introduced to like studio Ghibli and things like that and my mum was always really big on making me sit down and watch movies that she loved and she felt was like iconic so 
to play a game that was a movie was like holy holy crap this is a big deal for me um i'd, I'd say probably a close second is is the is the last of us um just because it, that was the moment when i realized games were art not mm. just these kind of stories but you know to me everyone talked about games being art and i was like eh. but the last of us i was like okay no this is an art piece this is this is it but yeah metal gear solid is um where it all started that game and is a treat it's so it's the game i recommended first for play on pod um yeah. jared went first he picked ocarina and jared and kai when i found out neither of them had played metal gear i was like okay boys we are playing metal gear solid like that is that is it <laughs> and it was i mean there's definitely it was definitely a wild ride you know um it, it, I'd be lying if I said that the story isn't convoluted. There's like a so, like Scandinavian shaman and all kinds of weird stuff that goes on. Uh, you know, if you know anything about Kojima, you know how it is. Like, it, it's a Kojima game. It's very Kojima. But even then, it was almost validating in a sense to have mm. Jaren and Kai still appreciate Metal Gear Solid. Like, I think it was like 90, 98, I think it came out. So we're talking like 23 years later, you know? Yep. You know, and so, so to have these people still love this game that I loved, even though it's two decades old, I was like, okay, right. It's not... I mean, I will hold my hands up. I'm a Kojima fanboy. Like, I don't... I've got the Solid Snake statue. I've got the... I've got little BB down there. Yeah, I see. A little Death Stranding collector's piece. Like, I, yeah. I absolutely love Kojima. But even then... It was it was nice to have these people who weren't these massive Kojima fanboys turn around and go and like no, this is a legitimately good game. Yeah, there was something about it. I mean, I so for those who don't know, I I do record this. I should have said uh, to you, Ben. I do record the podcast. Kind of goes out to Patreon, so people can. So this doesn't go. I thought about putting it onto YouTube. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't. I normally discuss it with people, but I haven't. Uh, it's one of my ways of getting the audio out. So I record it anyway. But yeah, I've said the Death Stranding um, uh, to Collector's Edition. It's one game I haven't played of Kojima's, but Metal Gear, man. I remember when I first came across that game, and that was it. Uh, there was yeah. something when like. I don't even know how to describe it because it, it, it. I'd love to be able to. People say they'd love to be able to experience Breath of the Wild again for the first time. I would love to be able to do Metal Gear Solid completely memory blank because yeah, there was something about that. Yeah, you are right. The story is as convoluted as the next thing. I mean, and it got wilder and wilder as the series went on. Oh yeah, yeah. All you have to do is look at Metal Gear Four to see like how convoluted it gets. Um, and then we all know what happened with the you know the Phantom Pain, and I love the Phantom Pain. I think it's an amazing game, but Konami being Konami, and we actually did. Uh, so my last week's guest, Raguchi, is also uh, a Kojima fanboy. So it's okay, amazing. Excellent. I just, I just had conversations <laughs> back to back with Kojima fanboys. It's amazing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm grinning from ear to ear because. I got some friends of mine who are like, that sucks. It's thought like the one of the worst. I'm like, but why? Because uh, the story's... So forget the story. Play the game for the game. Like, appreciate what they managed to make on the PS1 do. Like, mm -hmm. the graphics are incredible for that era. 
the movement, the stealth system. Yes, you can look at it now and go, that's absolute. But you got to kind of put it in context of the hardware that was on plus the time it was out. No mm. one had actually had a go at this kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I remember sitting down, seeing that and having the, the thick case. It's got like three discs. Yep. And it was the... I'm sorry, if you haven't played Metal Gear 1, I'm going to ruin it now for everyone. Uh, the Psycho Mantis fight was one of yes. the best. Like that fourth... Kojima is... So for anyone who doesn't know, Kojima loves to break the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. And that was my first ever experience of the fourth wall where he's telling about the memory card being deleted and it's like, what? <laughs> what's going yeah. on? <laughs> Yeah, even even the fact that you have to change the controller pool yep. so that he can't read your mind, you know, and it's like, people look at it and they go, you know, oh, the stealth system. Can you imagine? It's a PS1 game. You can knock on the walls to make noise to distract the guards. You can, if you run through a puddle, not only do they hear the sound yep. and actively come to look at it, they'll follow your wet footprints to where you are. Like... And people sit here and go, well, Splinter Cell, Splinter Cell. It's like, yeah, Splinter Cell's great, but there wouldn't be Splinter Cell without no, Metal Gear. You you are 100% right. I had this argument with a, a good friend of mine who's no longer with us anymore, but he was like, same thing. But Splinter, I was like, Metal Gear is what paved the way for stealth games yeah. and that genre of um, gaming. And I think, for me, when you look back at it, Kojima had to do something different. He had to make... Had to separate himself away from these kind of stealth games. He had, and that's where the story element comes in. It's a yeah. big, grand plot, plot over God knows how many games nine, 10, 11 games, something like that, including all the, the Vita games. And uh, yeah. there's so many. But if there's anything you, you know, if you're listening to this podcast right now, and I think Ben will back me up on this, if you're listening to this and you're sitting there going, oh, what should I do? Go play Metal Gear 1. And go experience. If you've never experienced it, if there's one recommendation I can give anybody, go play it because yeah. it's a wild ride. I mean, it's, you know, so you had Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2 on yeah. the SNES, but Metal Gear Solid 1 has a briefing section where you can read the previous missions because yeah. there are things that tie into Metal Gear Solid from the previous missions. And when people talk about the story being too convoluted, I'll be honest, it annoys me because I sit here and it's like, okay, let's go through the games we played on Play and on Pod. Ocarina of Time is about a young boy who has a mod- magical ocarina that lets him teleport backwards and forwards seven years in the future to defeat a giant man who can come through paintings. Like, And you're going to sit here and talk to me about having somebody who has telekinesis. Look at Breath of the Wild. The guy was asleep for a hundred years and there's these four mythical beasts flying around like that's the whole charm of games the whole point of games is that that's one of the things they have over movies for me and this is an animated movie but like a live action thing you can be as convoluted as you want you know a plague tale we played a plague tale for the website for the podcast and that is about a plague that's caused by rats and you're like okay but then you find out spoilers if you haven't played it but (laughs) you can find out the young boy can control the rats with his mind and create them into rat tornadoes that he throws at the Pope. And that isn't even an understatement. Like, this whole argument that a game story is too convoluted, 
doesn't make sense you mm. know if it's a convoluted story that has no substance to it that's a different situation but to say that something's too convoluted doesn't make sense to me you know there are plenty yeah. of games i've played out there that are convoluted stories but they just they don't make sense they don't follow there's plot holes that that don't make sense for it I, um yeah i agree i think um I think the people who say they don't get the story is the reason why they don't play Metal Gear, then you just need to sit down and kind of break the story down and, and just go over it. Kojima has written something that needs to be, I think, appreciated. You're not going to get that kind of story over 20-odd years again. Not mm-hmm. not not anytime soon. It's not going to happen. And The that's... irony... Go on. No, go on. No, no. no I was going to say, the, the, the irony is that a lot of these people who say... I don't understand the story of Metal Gear. Well, I say a lot. The, the few I've spoken to, I should say. You talk to them and you find out that they haven't completed Metal Gear. And it's yeah. like, well, that's why you don't understand the story. Because, I mean, at one point when we were recording Metal Gear for the podcast, in between the three of us, we had seven conspiracy theories as to what was going on and who was behind it and how it all linked together. And it's not until you get the end of the game that you see the bigger picture and you see how things intertwine and things start to click. If yeah. you've played Metal Gear and you stopped halfway through, three quarters of the way through, the reason you don't understand the story is because you've only got half the story. It does link up in the end. It's like I compare them to Tarantino movies. You can't stop watching a Tarantino movie halfway through because he doesn't tell a story in a straight line. No. You have to follow it through for it to make sense. Uh, yeah, no, you're you're 100 right. There is, there's something quite incredible about a, a Kojima story. I think that's the thing. Like, um, I try and get across to people. I'm like, you just need to sit down and and kind of play it. Metal Gear is one of those games that's got to be experienced. You need to experience it. I hate the term, you know, to be a true gamer because you know you can. For me, if you play a game on a bloody iPad, you're a gamer. It doesn't matter what you play it on. But I think Metal Gear is actually a game of a generation and people should experience that because of what it did and then you know you can appreciate stuff going forward so yeah yeah i I mean i was even the same with ocarina i hadn't played ocarina before the podcast playing that was my first time and that was eye-opening for me because i was like oh holy crap this is what paved the way for like breath of the wild and even like skyward sword twilight princess like and just so many things in the ocarina, you know, like things we take for granted. Yep. You know, auto jumping. Auto jumping wasn't really a thing before ocarina. This this idea that people just jump from a, in a gap between a ledge, like there was, it didn't really happen before ocarina. And Metal Gear is the same. Like this kind of idea that, like you know, a game can be a movie. It can be an experience. Um. So yeah, I mean, if you haven't played it, you should. I'm, 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 and I'm not just saying that. Like, I'm, I'm not just saying that as a Kojima fanboy. I, I admit that I, I do, I do sort of uh, uh, hype the series up more than I should. But taking that away from it, legitimately, it is something that everyone should experience. If you don't like it, that's fine. Yeah. If you come out of it and you don't like it, that's fine. But. You know, at least at least try and experience it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I say I could be here all night talking about Metal Gear. Or we could we could pull the plot apart. You when, especially when you get to like Metal Gear. I, 
Metal Gear fans or you get a group of Metal Gear fans or Kojima fans sitting in the same room, um, you know, you could literally pull everything apart and be like, but no, I, I genuinely, one of the best games and it's such an amazing game to take on an island because it is just genuinely, uh, I think I've ran it two or three times and every time I did, I always found something different. I think if I went back to it now, yes, it would be a bit clunky because it's a, an old game, but I can still appreciate that. But at the same time, it's still worth playing. So mm-hmm. before we get sidetracked and talk many, many minutes about Metal Gear, um, just out of curiosity, just mm-hmm. before I go on, what's your favorite from the series? What's your favorite? <laughs> okay. So I've had this conversation with a few people and the answer you're supposed to give is three. Yeah, you're supposed to give three. You're supposed to give three, but the answer I give is two. Oh, good choice. Good choice. I like that. Um, you know, people say three is the true experience because there's no radar and you have to, you have that food management system and all of that stuff. But for me, I, I think probably, this isn't my controversial opinion, but it probably should. I enjoyed playing as Raiden. Yeah. You know, I liked the way that the story was set up. Um, there's obviously that big twist that happens in the beginning of the game that at the time annoyed a lot of people a lot of people but to go into a game from metal gear 1 to metal gear 2 where it's like okay now i can go into first person and hold people up yeah and like you know just just our experience as a whole for me the second one is my favorite probably closely followed by five i really really like the i love five yeah i even though you've got that weird like you can tell where konami went we want this out kind of part. Yeah. yeah. Um, my favourite, and it makes everyone fall over, is four. That's not an answer I was expecting. <laughs> That's my favourite. I, I need to replay four because I've replayed all it. of the other ones. Like, I played one, I mean, like 15 times, I think. I played the hell out of that game. Yeah. Two, I played a couple of times. Three, I played a couple of times. Four, I played once. And enjoyed it but never fell in love with it enough to replay it mm-hmm. and five i've played quite recently um but i do want to go back to four i have a copy of it sitting on my shelf outside um yeah. i'm trying to convince my brother to let me borrow his ps3 so i can actually run through it because because no i remember one, yeah. it, freaking put it on a different system <laughs> yeah <laughs> i remember it was um it was one of the hardest games for me to get on with in terms of the story because i never I never fully understood what was happening. I don't mm. think. Um, so I, I do. I do plan to go back and revisit it, though. Yeah, I adore I'm interested. Four. I've never met anyone that likes four. There you go. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember where I was. I think I might put it on Twitter. Someone had a thread saying, "What name your favorite Metal Gear?" And I just put four, and it got so much kind of like kickback because everyone's like, "You can't say four. I was like, "Yeah, I can." Look at me. I said four. There you go. Uh, Anyway, before I set the internet on fire by saying uh, four, um, again, go play Metal Gear. You haven't got to play the series, guys and girls. Just go play Metal Gear 1 um, and then play 2, then play 3, then play 5, <laughs> <laughs> play the series. Um, so my next category was speedrunning. Um, before mm-hmm. we get into the game, have you ever tried speedrunning? Speedrunning, like, uh, during lockdown here, uh, like it just blew up. So, you know, oh, anyway, yeah. it, it, like, it was insane. You had people like Dream speedrunning Minecraft, then we found out what happened. Uh, then you had, you know, Small Amp blew up through 
uh, speedrunning different games. Like speed speedrunning itself went from this kind of niche community over in the corner of gaming. Like, oh, that's really cool. But nah, to oh my god, that's incredible kind of thing. And everyone mm-hmm. now really, a lot of a lot of people now know about speedrunning and have either dabbled or tried. Or, um, I've definitely tried. I used to speedrun Mario Kart 8, which was hilarious. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, like 16 of the races in 40. I think I've, I've got a time officially on speedrun.com. That's my claim to speedrun.com. Um, but what about yourself? Have you ever tried? Is it your thing? I've never tried, surprisingly. Um, I guess technically I sped run Metal Gear when we played it for the podcast, but I, I didn't classify that as going for a speed run. It was just one of those things like I knew where shit was. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I knew like, you know, when you you first get in down into that basement before the revolver ocelot fight, I'm like, I know where the trap doors are. I'm not falling through these trap doors. Like I, um, but no, I've never officially sat down and said I'm going to try and speed run this game. Um, I just I don't know. It's never never appealed to me personally. I I, I see the clips and I'm like absolutely amazed that people can do that kind of stuff and you know you get into the exploits that people find and the ways they can like i mean have you seen some of these breath of the wild ones uh yeah i've I've tried to do a like a so fresh file breath of the wild speed run and i can do the clip so i can do the first one where you clip through the uh you get your sheikah slate and you can clip through there and get out and i can clip through the first shrine so mm-hmm. that's as far as I can get on that Breath of the Wild speed run. So I can do the first two clips. But then I try to do uh, BTB, Bullet Time Bounce. Yeah. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah, I've seen clips of like some guy was like, yeah, you you take this boulder and you stasis this boulder and then you hit it, put a bomb, stand on the boulder and it launches you across the map down yep. to, and then you glide here. I'm like, no, man, I can't, I can't do that. That's not my, that's not my kind of thing. So, so this is going to be a great category because we're telling you on the island, you got to speed run a game. So, which game are you speed running? Uh, I decided to try and speed run a game I've never actually played, um, which I might get some some slack for the fact I never played this. But um, Super Mario Bros. Three. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Never. <laughs> I know it's it's a very very old game, and I mean I played some of the earlier Super Mario Bros. Um, played one and two. Never pl- I've played bits of three. Yep. Um, but never actually sat down and played it. And it was only recently when I heard. Um, I think it was actually Keith who you've, we was talking about before Main Quest. Yeah. Um, him and Eric of the Side Questing podcast. They were talking about super mario bros 3 and it might have been them too i can't remember i might be getting it wrong but anyway somebody was talking about it and they were saying how it's like one of the best platformers ever and it's a great game and you should play it and i was like man i because I, I didn't have a nintendo growing up really i had a nintendo 64 for a little while but i never i never owned a gamecube i never had a snares i never had anything like yeah, that yeah of course so I, there's a whole backlog of nintendo games that i've missed out on that have now become classics um but super mario bros 3 is the one uh that i think i mean because i i know people can speed run like mario bros 1 and things like that there's the trick where you go up and you go along and you end up in world 7 or whatever it is like yeah yeah but i, I want to experience mario bros 3 um because apparently i love i love a platformer you know i've got 
got me Crash Bandicoot t- Tattoo and all of that stuff. Like, I love a platforming game. So, if somebody says something's the best platformer, then you're gonna play. I want, ex- I want to experience. Is that, that a Bomberman know? tattoo as well? Do I see? It is a Bomberman tattoo. There you go. Yeah. I see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. You got that. Um, I just um, Super Mario Bros. Three is an incredible game. It really is. So I, I had a, I had a Nes Nes PS One mm-hmm. GameCube. N64. I did the whole like did the whole lot kind of thing. I just punched yeah. the microphone. Sorry if it, <laughs> if that doesn't actually come out of the edit. Um, I love now and again punching my microphone and then someone on Twitter going, "You punched your microphone in that." that. I'm like, I know because I even mm. said it in my podcast. I punched my microphone. I, I bought my shock mount so that when I knock it, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to do it all the time. You know, so um, uh, but yeah, Super Mario Bros. Three is um. It just yeah. Do you want to know an interesting fact about Mario? Yeah, always. So I don't know why this this may be well known, but in the instruction manual of one of the games, we're talking. If you don't know what an instruction manual is, folks, <laughs> uh, back in the day, we used to open a box. It's not like the Nintendo Switch. Oh, I can't get my, my Nintendo Switch games are over there. Uh, where you open it and you, know, you just got a cartridge inside the box, which is just a waste of money. You used to get these thick old booklets. Did you used to read the book, the manuals? You used to love oh, going. For, yeah. Just they're good. It, it was like you. It gave you the backstory. Yeah, you know, it set it up, and then the game expanded it. Yeah. So in I can't remember which one it is, but apparently the blocks are frozen people of the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah, there's a. Um, you do you know that? I've one? heard about this. Yeah, because there is a. Um, there's a YouTube video by Game Theory where he goes into um, Mario being a Mario. Mario being a murderer, and yeah. he talks about how um, the blocks are like Goombas or something, That's it. or like yep. some sort of like frozen Goombas. Um, so yeah, there's there's a whole dark side to it. There's a whole dark side to it. it just ruins everyone's idea of Mario. But um, yeah, Mario Bros. Three is is incredible. And then what it led for me was it made me get, or it led on to Mario Maker Two, which essentially is like uh mario bros 3 because you can have your different like worlds and yeah, stuff and yeah. make your own stuff like, uh, mario bros i've slowly been getting into it i actually bought a copy and then never played it and slowly have been getting into because i i like nintendo mario levels but yeah. some of the stuff that people put out there is just like yeah, next level it's it's mad uh that um there's a there's a guy who made a level and i was trying his level yeah, still need to beat it. But yeah, Mario Bros. 3, I, I do recommend it. I mean, I know there's there's people who rave and say like Mario is like the king of platformers. There's this, there's that, mm-hmm. there's that. And I don't disagree with those people. I don't sit here and go, no, you're wrong, this, that, and the other. But for me, I feel like Mario gets uh, this kind of weird pass, and I'm going to be a bit controversial here. But mm-hmm. I think, like, I'm kind of sick of it. <laughs> I'm kind of like... So- this was this was very very nearly my unpopular game in opinion, um, and it's something that we discussed on Play Along Pod, and you know Nintendo gets a pass, yep. and it really shouldn't nine times out of ten. Nope. You know, like I mean, nobody gives them slack for Mario Party Ten. Mario Party Ten was bloody awful. Yeah, yeah, it was. You know, and you, you look at. Like people like oh Super Mario Bros like Deluxe on the Wii U or whatever, it's not any freaking different from Super Mario Bros Three. It just looks different, and yeah. people were like oh yeah, 
Nintendo. It's the, like the fact that it's this family publisher and it's a lot of people's childhood and things like that means that they get a free pass when they really shouldn't. Uh, they yeah, really, really shouldn't. You, you, should be held to the same standard as everyone else. Yeah, it makes me angry. It really does. That we all sit there and we all call out people like you know Blizzard for for this crap game, or we'll call out the next company for that crap game. But Nintendo, mm -hmm. like, just I mean, I'm to just going to say it. Breath of the Wild isn't a ten out of ten. I can't put this. Down. <laughs> do you know what? <laughs> do you know what? I'm I'm the same as well. I remember when I got a story about Breath of the Wild is that it took me three years to complete because I couldn't get on with it. No, two years. I've just, only just started playing it for the first time. <laughs> honestly, it. But my lad who who sold it once and he he, he rebought it because he he started obviously growing up and he getting into those more adult games. Mm -hmm. He's put like three hundred plus hours into it and he loves it. And he's playing oh. Age of Calamity. I, I don't know. I've, comp I've I've done I've done what I need to do in the story, if that makes sense. I've mm -hmm. completed it, done it in master mode. He's trying to find all those seeds, isn't he? That's the bloody I problem. Just, <laughs> I have no idea what he's doing. But I agree with you. And any game that includes weapon durability needs to have a long, hard look in the mirror. So I recently just got the spear from the Zoras, right? I did the first <laughs> Mythical Beast. And this is my first playthrough of the game. My uncle lent me a copy. And I've got this lovely Zora spear that's like 25. Not going to use it. I can't. Nope. It's my it's my 25 weapon. All of my other weapons are like 13 or 15. So I'm like, okay, now I need to save that. Maybe I'll use it on the Ganon fight. But at the same point, once it breaks, I'm just going to be disappointed because it's gone. Like, And this isn't just a Nintendo thing. Um Shout out to Bethesda. You guys get a pass when you shouldn't as well. The game's <laughs> buggy as shit. I love Bethesda. I'm a massive Bethesda fan. I love Fallout. I enjoy Skyrim. But it should not be okay to launch a game that buggy and people just go, oh, it's Bethesda. Oh, no. It's, it's all right. It's Bethesda. You know. People paid £55 for Fallout 76. Imagine that. Imagine paying full price for Fallout 76. Yeah, that's. Uh, I remember when they announced it. I remember when they announced Fallout seventy six, and the world, everyone was like, "Oh my god, new Fallout!" And then what got announced was like, you know, uh, just yeah. Like, on paper, it was every Fallout fan's dream. Yeah, a multiplayer Fallout, and then only Bethesda can Bethesda it, if that makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. You know, There's a reason we say that Finns are Bethesda because, yeah. and it gets accepted. You know, it gets accepted. Like one of my big Finns, like I play Skyrim for the first time. Two years ago, 2019, was my first time playing Skyrim. And I enjoy it, but that game is buggy as crap. And I mean, yep. I've played Fallout 3, Fallout 4, New Vegas. Like, they're all buggy as crap. It shouldn't be allowed. You uh, shouldn't just knock it off. New, New Vegas was uh, Obsidian. It was, yes. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But, but it, it was still it was buggy. Festival, yeah, it? it was still published, but it was still buggy. But Obsidian buggy. always make jokes about it because of like how buggy it was in launch. But New Vegas is actually better than... Like, oh, 100%. No, but bugginess, like, it's got less bugs than Fallout 4. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is wild. It's which just... is wild. It's also wild that Obsidian made the best Fallout game in Bethesda's yep. universe. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Skyrim, I experienced when it first came out, and I remember when it came out, mm -hmm. I wasn't really like... Oh, okay, I need to look for you know. I wasn't really if there was a bug happen. I was like, okay, and it blew my mind that this game. Um, we've digressed, but there you go. It's my podcast. We'll digress if we want. Uh, <laughs> it's um, 
I just remember the first time experiencing Skyrim. And there mm-hmm. are certain games, I was talking about this last week, there are certain games that just blow the universe up. Mario yeah. 64 was that platformer in 3D that just just turned the, the universe on its head. Skyrim yep. was that next one, which has now been released more times than I can count to 10. Um, and like The Witcher going forwards. Those yeah. games literally just, they're once in a kind of moment games that come out, but they're for the good reasons because they, yeah. they, they, set, a, they set a new trend or they, they show something different. Your bad ones are things like Anthem and things like that where everyone then remembers those games for the wrong reasons. But super, going back to, swing it back to Super Mario Bros. 3, this is remembered for those kind of reasons mm-hmm. because it is one of the pinnacle platformers, I think, in Nintendo's back catalogue. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's kind of why I was like, you know, I'm going to do two birds, one stone. You know, Super Mario Bros. 3 is a game I know people could... I mean, technically, you can speedrun anything, but to me, something like a platformer or something like Ocarina is a game that you speedrun. Yep. Um, like, so I was like, do you know what? Two birds, one stone. That's what I would do. I'd experience the game. I'm going to be stuck on the island, so I'd probably play the game once and then try and speedrun it afterwards. <laughs> yeah, too too true. I will pick you up in the end, but you have to complete all your games first. Um, so yeah, you might be there a while, uh, <laughs> and you have to get a top ten on the speedrun.com before we let you uh, let you go. If I'm going to be there a while for the games I'm playing, my next one's going to add to that. I think. So yeah, the next one is the one you could repeat. We've all got games that, and I make there's no bones. I mention this every week just because I like to drum it in people's heads that this is one of the best games ever made. Uh, it's another company that also gets a pass when they shouldn't, um, but that one you can repeat. The one that you can sit down. I, I do a, I do a, uh, this game at least once a year. I don't stream it. I don't record it. I don't talk about it. I just play it. That's Final Fantasy X for me. Mm-hmm. Because it's just one of those games. I know inside out. I know the story. And even now when I play it, I've completed it the best part of th- probably 30 plus times. Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, it's that game that I can just constantly churn through and nothing, you know, it, nothing will stop me playing it. Um... But yeah, I think everyone has that kind of game where they can just, they like to shut themselves off and just play. So for yourself, what is that one that you could repeat? So it was very nearly Metal Gear. Um, I've played that game, like I said, 15, 16 times. And that's that's not an exaggeration. Over the course of the years, I've played it loads. Um, But honestly, Persona 5, I absolutely love that game. I love the story of the game and it, everything about it just accompanies it so well. You know, the I, I like my kind of Japanese animation and stuff. I like, you know, anime, manga, all that kind of stuff. So Persona 5 is right up my street. It's also got an absolutely kick-ass soundtrack. There are yeah. loads of mini games for you to go around and do. You know, you can spend your time in Momentus if you want in the uh, the underground as Joker and all of that lot doing all of those side missions i put 110 hours into that game when i played it and i don't regret a single second of it and i so the the irony of running a games website for eight years is that i didn't actually get to play that many games no that's very true 
because people think, oh, you play games. No, I have to review this and I have to do this and I have to edit my videos. And so I have an eight year backlog that I'm trying to work my way through. And I'm having to stop myself from playing Persona 5 again. Yeah. You know, I it, it's calling to me. And I mean, sometimes I just sit and listen to the soundtrack. Like, I absolutely love the soundtrack to the game. Um, and I'm sure I will play it again. I'm sure I will play it again. I'm trying to work my way through uh, my backlog, like I said. I made the mistake of telling people that I never played a Halo game. So, yeah, I did, uh, that. I did that. Yeah, I just finished playing Halo Combat Evolved. Um, I'm halfway through game. Reach. I'm halfway through Reach. So, yeah, I'm doing it in, <laughs> oh, okay. chrono- yeah, I'm doing it in chronological order at the minute. So, so that's what I was going to do. Right. Um, but then people told me I had to play one, two, three, and then reach because apparently that's more of an emotional experience. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because apparently reach is a prequel, but you need to understand everything that happens leading up to it. Some I don't know. Um, I'm not gonna ask. Yeah, I'm not. No, so I'm not doing them back to back. That was my one thing. Is I, I completed Halo, and I was like, I'm not jumping into Halo Two because I'm not. I don't want to burn myself out on this franchise. I want to give it a legitimate chance because i know people love it a lot so uh god of war re- reboot is what i'm playing next because i missed that nice. when it came out um just in time for ragnarok at some point soon uh but yeah, yeah sometime this year i think isn't it i, I think it's like late 22 or something um yeah yeah persona 5 um just so much to do so much to do and for a lot i know a lot of people like yakuza games i can't get on with yakuza games but for me this is like my yakuza game you know yeah i um so i i have i played some of persona 5 but i've not played enough to sit mm-hmm. here and give an opinion it's one of those games that's kind of eluded me in the sense of um just I haven't had chance to play it don't i'm they keep talking of it coming to switch and if it comes to the Switch, then I'll, I'll grab it. Because the thing that I don't like is this need to keep certain... I think games should be on as many platforms as they, they, they can be, or they should be. You know, that's And that's my opinion. I don't like console... I know why console exclusivities exist, but I don't like it. Seeing Persona 4 on Steam gives me mm-hmm. a lot of hope for that we might see Persona 5 on Steam, especially with the Steam Deck around the corner. And I can't, yeah. I can't wait for mine to turn up. I genuinely cannot wait for mine to get here. But at the same time, it's like I, I don't have the ability to play. Well, not the ability. I don't. I don't just. I haven't got the it's time. A big to, time commitment. Yeah, but the soundtrack is one. And that was going to be one of my questions in this year's run of Desert Island Games. Is what gaming soundtrack? Or what gaming soundtrack would you you listen to? One hundred percent would be Persona Five. It's incredible. 100%. It's one of the best soundtracks you'll find anywhere. It genuinely is and I love like the Guild Wars 2 soundtrack I love uh, Celeste has got an incredible soundtrack but Persona 5 is just one of the best it's it's one of the few games I've played where every single song in the soundtrack gets utilised the correct way you know yes. there are these scenes where Joker so the entire story revolves around Joker being essentially interrogated by the police that's how it kicks off and then it flashes back to things that have happened and there'll be tense music while Joker's getting interviewed. And then there's upbeat music while you're yeah. playing. Like the battle music is amazing. 
and it's just everything fits everything so well um and yeah like i said i could listen to it listen to it on repeat if i wanted to but it's... if i'm going to be on an island 110 hour commitment isn't a problem so persona <laughs> 5 <laughs> have you played strikers i've not i've not i wanted to and um life just kind of got in the way moving yeah. in with the girlfriend and stuff like that um and i haven't got around to it but it is on my list to play because i'm very interested in it because it takes like persona 5's time-based yeah it's not time-based is it it's like a brawler it's a brawler which is so interesting it, it's uh, a moose moose style game so it's like age of calamity hyrule warriors it's done by the same but it's set like two or three months after the events of persona 5 yeah, so for me which, who Excuse me. So, so for me, who's never played Persona 5, or finished Persona Five, I should say, um, I don't know if I want to jump into Strikers and then ruin that experience. So the, yeah, the ending of Persona Five is um, kind of a roller coaster in terms of what happens. Right. There's a big, there's a big plot twist, and then like there's a whole big story point that happens at the end. So. 100% you would ruin it if you went and played Strikers, especially if it's like a two-month-after sequel. It's like, so they say it's like two or three months after the events of, yeah, of yeah. Persona 5. So yeah, that's something I didn't want to do, but it's the only Persona 5 on Switch. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the problem, isn't it, you know? Damn, console exclusives and all that garbage. <laughs> um, no, but it is. Uh, JRPG, I love, a, I love a good JRPG, as I said, I said about Final Fantasy X. Um, and it's kind of opened my eyes to different JRPGs, and mm -hmm. you know, there's there's plenty that I've missed, which is. Amazing. I mean, if you're if you're wanting the Switch one, um, it's Sense Shinsei Megami Tenkei Five or yeah, something that came out recently. Yeah, Shinsei Megami. Uh, how do you pronounce it? It's done yeah. by Atlas. It's the yes. same people who did Persona, um, and that's on the Switch. So it's on my it's on my hit list of games. I'm currently playing Divinity Original Sin Two. Oh, I started that recently. Yeah, that's the game that I'm currently playing because Talk I had time commitments. <laughs> I had a 40 hour save that got deleted, so I'm now starting Ooh. again. So we want to go there. I'm playing it for the first time uh, when I can. So it's a it's an incredible game, um, and I love it. And I will go back to and I will I will crack through this one. I will play through <laughs> it. And the great thing is, it's got cross play with the Switch, so or my cross save, so I can literally play it, dump my save onto my Switch. And then crack on elsewhere. Oh, that's crazy! Yeah, shit. and it runs. I mean, it it looks. If you're going to compare it to a PC, it looks like garbage, but it does the job, and it's still, it looks like a switch port. <laughs> it looks like a switch port, but it runs at like a solid thirty. Oh, okay, that's impressive. But it gets, when it gets a bit like there are so there's a, there's these standards of switch ports. I think anybody who know you, you probably know what I mean. You'll get the pinnacle of switch ports, mm -hmm. and then you'll get. Um, Skyforge is the best way to describe it because Skyforge on the Switch literally was the same game with a shrunken resolution. That's all they did, and it. Looked... I played. I sorry, gone. I just said it looks awful. Yeah, I I played. Um, a friend of mine won a code for the Tony Hawk Remastered on Switch. Yep. Um, and he forgot he already had it on PS4, so he was like, "Hey, do you want it?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'll have it." And playing it on the TV, it plays fine. Yeah playing it handheld it was laggy and it was even lag input at some points and it was just a bad experience you know yeah and but i mean something like persona 5 could come because of this whole 
uh, cloud play fin that Switch is experimenting with, you know, so it's a possibility. It's a possibility. But it, Persona 5's on PS3. Really? Yep. The game was That's released. Interesting. The game was released on PS3 and PS4. Because I played, I didn't play the original, I played Royal. Yeah, so the original um, is on 3. Oh, okay, right. Fair so they, they, they simultaneously, so, so from my memory correctly, they released 3 in Japan on PS, sorry, yeah, Persona 5 on PS3 and PS4 in Japan and um, like at the same time and I think we mm. only got the PS4 version but yes you can you can play it on the PS3 so it does make me think that if they port that version they got a chance so yeah. uh, but my current Switch JRPG is if you like Dragon Quest 11 S that's what I'm mm. trying to get through and yeah that's a game <laughs> time commitment I need to go onto a desert island just to play my backlog um yeah, <laughs> you know, I get, you see these streamers who are playing games for about eight hours a day. I'm like, yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, and annihilate yeah. my backlog. Um, so, I think we may, I may have an idea of what system you'd take. Just, oh, uh, just, I, oh well, I, I. So, I like to guess. I didn't guess last week, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna have a stab, a little wild stab in the dark, and I may be wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm sort of seeing uh, not, not really a pattern, but it's kind of how you've sort of spoken in, in through this. Now I think you take the PS One, but I've got a funny thing. I'm now going to be wrong. So it was a toss up. It was okay. a toss up. Um, the PS One is one of the consoles I considered. Yep. Um, uh, you know, just so many great, great games on the PS One. Um, I think honestly, I would take the Switch. Uh, okay yeah um just because as i've as i've gotten older i i have a love of indie games and in my opinion the switch is i i don't know if i'd say it's the best you know it's, it's between pc and switch but switch is definitely up there for the indie market there are some great great games on switch you know you just look like, I mean, like Hollow Knight was one of the first mm. indie games I experienced on Switch, and that was absolutely amazing. And so to have these choice of indie games as well as this choice of like your Nintendo titles, like I'm playing like Monster Hunter Rise and, you know, all of these other kind of things that are coming to it, it is a toss up. I think the Switch just took it, but the PS1 was very, very, very close. I am. Um... Very close. My favourite indie title on Switch. If you haven't played it, you need to put it on your list. This is my recommendation to you. Crosscode. Really? Get it. Get it installed. It's a fantastic game. Genuinely one of the best games you'll find. Um, indie white, uh, titles. Write mm. it down. Look it up. Whatever. Just honestly find it. I. Oh. It's on Xbox Game Pass, I think. I said that. Um, and I don't know if it still is. <laughs> if you're wondering, folks, we are now scrabbing around live on a on a podcast. I love doing things like this because everyone's like, "What's going on? What what what's going on?" Uh, oh, it's a 16-bit SNES-inspired game. Yeah. Uh, wow. So not to go too deep into it. So Crosscode. Oh no, Crosscode is no longer available on Game Pass. That's you bloody can, typical. Yeah, you can buy it, but uh, honestly, it's incredible. So the uh, the idea is you're in an you're you play a character in an MMO. 
Oh, I have heard about this. I didn't know it was called CrossCode, but I've heard about this game. Yes. Yeah, it's a it's a treat. Yes, it's very um. It reminds me of like the the early Final Fantasies, like sort of three and four and stuff like that. Yeah, it's uh, all action based. It's uh, it's also it's like action based plus it's got a bit of bullet hell. Oh, I love a bullet hell. If that makes or like a twin sticks that sort of thing, it mm-hmm. honestly is really good. And on the Switch, it just runs incredible. Yeah, well, Gen- I mean, I would, I would hope so. Genuinely, like, is one of the best places to experience it. Um, that's one of my recommendations. If you're wondering, I'm grabbing um, my Switch is right next to me. I'm I'm going to recommend some in uh, some indie games to be taken onto an island. Uh, Crosscode is one of them. Uh, Nexamon Extinction is another. That's a very good game. Are you a dungeon crawling f- fan? I don't mind a bit of dungeon crawling, you know. Oprientia, the Stolen Sun. That's my other recommendation. There you go. That's three recommendations that you need to, to if you've got a Switch and you want to see. Because I agree with you, the indie scene on the Switch is incredible. That's probably one of the biggest. Like, there's many positives to the Switch. Mm. But what it's done for the indie scene to put so many indie games into people's hands is mind blowing, and yep. CrossCode. I remember sitting down playing CrossCode. It's a big game. You're talking, you're forty hours plus, um, and I'm going, yeah, this is this is this is amazing. And then what else? You know, and then Opriencia, the Stolen Sun is a really good dungeon crawler. Uh, I th- Going back to CrossCode, I think it's even... I think it was built in a web browser. Wow, really? Yeah, it was something... It's, I think it's built in HTML5. Jesus. I mean, I'm just looking at this list on Polygon of, like, indie titles. I've heard a lot about Cyber Shadow. Cyber Shadow's amazing. It's supposed to be great. Um, Ender Lilies is really good. Subnautica's really good. Um, Eastwood is supposed to be amazing. That's the game that's also on my list to play. I've heard. And, um, it's very good. Was it Chicory? Chicory is supposed to be a very, very good game. I know yep. Keith likes Chicory. Um, so it's just, I, I feel like that's why I would take the Switch. You know, like the PS One mm. is like my comfort console. You know, but the PS, like the PS One, is great. But the Switch has all of these indie games and. You know, you can get everything from, you know, Fire Emblem and these other, like, 100-long JRPGs to things like CrossCode and even smaller games. Like, you know, you get into, like, what, Dead Cells, Hollow Knight, like, all of these games that are on there and just the idea of having so many Switch games that are indie is, uh, is what attracts me. Yeah, like the best way to describe it is, um, I think you're like this. Your PS One is your Sunday roast dinner, but mm-hmm. your, your your Nintendo Switch is an all you can eat buffet. That's that's the way you look at it. And yeah, everyone, I mean, every, you're not wrong. Everyone's gonna love a Sunday roast dinner from time to time, but you can't be. It's an a all classic. Yeah, but you can't be an all you can eat buffet. And I, you know, that is one of the great things about the Switch. It's yeah. But I I fear for it when the Steam Deck drops. If as long as Valve start advertising it as a games console, not a PC, it's going to be interesting. Because I was I was hesitant to get one because 
I take my Switch to work, I get our lunch break, I'll sit and play my Switch. Yeah. But then I was talking to Jared, and Jared was like, hey, you know, like, you can download Game Pass on your Steam Deck. Yeah. And I was like, what, you are? And he was like, yeah, you can play your Steam Deck at work and then come home and carry on the save. As long as you sync the data, you can carry on from where you left off on the Steam Deck. So not only do you have Steam, not only do you have Game Pass, but then you start getting other things like, you know, if you want to go to like GOG and buy keep like game codes from GOG and like the Switch, the Switch needs to do something, you know. Um, yeah. Valve have seen the success of the Switch and they've seen that people don't mind playing a handheld game at 720p and have gone, okay, well, we'll raise you one better and it's going to be interesting to see how Nintendo react because I think they have to, to, to be honest, because otherwise, I mean, there'll still be fans of the Switch. There'll still be fans of the Switch, but I think that the Steam Deck may sink it. It depends. Just because of that Game Pass, the fact that you can access Game Pass on the go is yeah is massive. So with the Steam Deck, they've come out and said you can reformat it. So you can remove Steam Deck OS and you can put basically Windows on it, which means you will be able to run Game Pass. You'll be able to do this. You'll be able to do that. You'll be able to play those games that you know can well, run. I mean, can you can you imagine? Sorry, I just only realised when you said that. Can you imagine? So you reformat your Steam Deck, you download Game Pass. And you could play, I don't know, Sea of Thieves on it, right? Yeah. And because it's reformatted, you can have Discord. So you're on Discord with your friends on a handheld playing Sea of Thieves. Yep. Like, that. that is crazy. That's great. That is a very crazy kind of spectrum ahead of... I compare I, the way I the way I describe it is uh, Valve. Valve is Thanos in the scene of I can't remember which Avengers film is. It's right at the end, and he's literally opens the 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 thing up and he puts the glove on his hand. And he goes, "Fine, I'll do it myself." That's Gabe. He's gone in. And he's mm-hmm. like, "Fine, you're not going to give everyone a Switch Pro. We're doing it, and this is what we're doing." Um, you know, and I think Nintendo will always have a piece of the market because of their first party. Uh, titles your Mario's mm-hmm. your Zelda's you'll never see them as long as we are as long as you know I've got a hole in my backside right you'll never see Zelda you'll never see Mario you'll never see Luigi or any Fire Emblem or any of these games on Steam or on any other platform except from I mean you've got Mario Rabbids but even Mario Rabbids which was developed by uh, Ubisoft because it was published by Nintendo it went no further than the the Switch yeah, but it was which a huge, is a shame because it's an underrated game. It's, it's actually really good. Yeah, it's an incredible game, but it literally went nowhere further than the Switch. So the Steam Deck's going to come out and it's going to be like, yo, we're here. What have you got in return? And I, I do wonder if Nintendo are going to wait to see what the Steam Deck does and go, oh yeah, by the way, this is our Switch Pro. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, uh, Valve have definitely jumped on on the ship and you know it's you know it's almost like nintendo opened up this hole in the market and then never really utilized it as well as they could have and so now we're starting to see other competition come in and i think the big point with the steam deck we're getting well off topic but i think the oh, big yeah. point with the steam deck <laughs> for the whole point of the it. steam deck is that you can the fact you can reformat it if yep. it was just Steam, like if it was Steam Big Picture handheld, it would still be 
interesting, but it wouldn't be as interesting as the ability to reformat it and put other things on it. Like, I mean, you could even, if you wanted to, you could go to, like, itch.io and get a bunch of indie games from itch.io and, like, you know, you could do what you want. You have a PC in your hand, and that's the thing that changes it. That's the thing, I think, for people. They're looking at the Steam Deck in this current climate where you can't get a brand new graphics cards. I upgraded my mm-hmm. PC last year. Again, digressing, but this is the whole point of the show. It's to, to, to find topics and just pull it apart. I grabbed new CPU, new motherboard, new RAM, this, that, and the other. Couldn't grab a new graphics card. Now, I don't cry about my graphics card. I have a 1080 Ti. I don't cry about it. It's a powerful enough graphics card, even in 2022. Mm-hmm. It would have been nice to get a 3080 at the same time, so I could have upgraded the whole lot. The Steam Deck is a lot of people's answer to that problem. Yeah. That's that's I mean, what people are looking at. I'm I'm in a situation of like my PC is like six, seven years old now. Mm. Um, you know, I need to upgrade the graf- the CPU and all of that stuff. I upgraded the graphics card, I got a nine seventy in there at the minute. And, you know, it does what it need I need it to. Would I like to get like a thirty AE or would I even like to get like a like a 1060 or something like yeah of course i would i can't get my hands on it for love nor money not unless i'm going to be paying like 1.5 times the price you know you're the cheapest you're looking at for a graphics card now is at least two three hundred pound more than it should be like minimum yep and so it's it's almost like like what happened with nintendo and animal crossing coming out just before lockdown it's that perfect storm that nobody saw, nobody saw coming. Valve have had this in production for a long time. This isn't a whim. Oh no, this is this is them gone from the alien PC thing that they did, and then they've got the Steam controller, and then they've yeah, gone. Exactly. Well, hang on a minute. Let's let's kind of bush it all together and exactly. go. We've got and we've seen the success of the Switch, right? And then also no one can get anything. Like, you know. Yeah, you're talking. F- four plus years in the yeah. making easily and it's just this perfect storm of what we're experiencing with scalping and chip shortage and all of that stuff and you know i think i mean i think the steam deck would have been uh, a major hit anyway mm. but like i said i think it's just a perfect storm i think it also helped it as well the fact you have to pre-order it you can't actually it's not just going to release and then you're going to try and get a hold of one you actually have to have a reservation to buy it so they'll send you yeah they were very they were very strict with um their like anti-scalping measures and and things like that i I applaud that so i i ordered the mid-tier one Mm -hmm. 469 pound one so we'll get our email and then pay for it and then i'll wait for however long it turn up mine's quarter quarter two this year is when I'm okay, supposed, to get, bad, supposed to get it or it's supposed to ship. So, mm. you know, and I'm looking forward to having it just in my hands. I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to seeing what Valve does with because it's gonna run Linux out of the box. So it's gonna run Proton DB. And this is their this is Valve's very own Linux base. Mm-hmm. And then people will be able to take that Proton DB and put it on machines. And all of a sudden you'll have just the possibilities are endless. As we said, we have digressed, but and if anybody's forgotten, Ben will take the switch on an island. It's a really good choice. Yep. <laughs> um, genuinely is. Even in 2022, the switch is five years old this year. It's got a Tegra One chip in it. It's a little bit on the the old side, but it's still a great console. It is, yeah. It's it's that versatility that that does it. 
Yeah. Um, apart from the Joy-Cons are crap. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, we're going to find out your unpopular opinion in a minute. We'll get to that Ooh. in a sec. Yeah, yeah, we'll, I see. We're going to switch around. We're going to go through your game of generation and your underrated gem, and then we'll come over to your uh, unpopular opinion. So, um, your favourite game from a generation. I used to do like, oh, you had to choose one from this, you know. But this is just, the, so, uh, like, you know, you've got those older generations or you've got the, the recent generation. I think we've just had, are we in gen eight now or something? I don't know. I think it's eight now, yeah. Uh, eight, yeah, previous was seven. Um, you know, there's been a lot of like, there's been some brilliant games in, and I find this quite a difficult question to probably answer because it's like, well, hang on a minute. A, what was my favorite generation? And B, what game stood out for me in that generation? So what about for yourself, Ben? What what was that uh, game of generation that you would take? Honestly, I... Again, I, I, it was hard. I very, very nearly picked the PS1. Um, but when I looked at it, I was kind of like, I think that's mostly just nostalgia um, yep. and looking back. And honestly, I think the previous generation was the best generation that we had. Um, I, I would probably... Gen 7, yeah. yeah. I'd, probably, I'd probably say PS4. Um, I never personally... Uh, I, I owned an Xbox. It's only recently that I started playing it. Um, yeah. And I finally, I finally caved and got myself Game Pass. Um, that was mainly because of my friends. All my friends were on PlayStation, so I was on PS Online. I didn't use my Xbox. And when all of my friends jumped ship and went to PC, I was kind of like, okay, well, I've got this for first-party exclusives, but in terms of my online and stuff, there's no point in me having it. So now I'm playing on Xbox, but just, I mean... You know, like I f f like the game that stands out to me is is Spider Man, Insomniac Spider Man. Um, just because I mean, there's a lot of great games on that console. You know, mm. a, a close second, close second would be probably Last of Us Part Two. Um, I know it's extremely controversial to like that game. I think that game is absolutely amazing. Uh, I could sit and talk about it all day, but. <laughs> The game that I would say is is probably Spider Man. Um, just that game is great. It's so good. Yeah, it's the, the so the movement is so fluid. The story is actually really good. I bought it, it happened to come out the same time that I wanted a PS4 Pro. Right, and so I just jumped all in and I bought the Spider Man one. I got Spider Man PS4 Pro. Got the game got the dlc so i've played all the three of the dells dlcs the story is brilliant mm. i'm just gonna say it insomniac's peter parker is probably one of the best renditions of peter parker that we've seen um i think he's just brilliant as both peter parker and spider-man um and just it's just a great great game you know you can i could sit there and swing through that city and just fight crime for hours and hours and end and Okay, yeah, fine. It uses the Batman Arkham combat system, but like, what game doesn't these days? Tell me, you know, like, if it's if it's not, how do I put it? If, uh, if it's I, good, I'm, then use it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I'm like I said to you, like I'm from like London area, so like, I would, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's always like 
what we say and it's that system you know yeah. like the, the batman system is iconic if you've played a batman game you know how that system works you know how to dodge you like and then you add into that all of the spider-man gadgets that you get and impact webbing people and web bombs and then your suits and your suit powers yeah and there's 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 how can i explain it there's a way for every single person with a different play style to play it. Yeah. And there's a, there's a there's a gadget or a suit for every situation. And the fact that you can be swinging and midair you can hit the touchpad and change your suit and your suit power and then when you come back you're just in that it allows for such on the fly change that you can be like, okay, I'm going into a lookout. Let me go into the stealth suit and let me use my stealth power so that people detect me, like at for like a further distance. Like you know, it's easier for me to sneak up on them, or they don't call for backup, whatever it is. Mm. It it's just I don't know. It's just great. I mean, a close yeah. second, like I said, close second is probably Last of Us Part Two. Um, I am a massive Last of Us fan. I have Firefly tattoo. Here. Yeah, see that one absolutely love the game and the last of us part two i always whenever i talk about it i'm like last of us part one is like if a picture was really zoomed in mm. and then the last of us part two zoomed out and said okay, oh, okay but what about the wider world you know these actions in part one you're playing as joel and eddie and it's very much about joel and eddie and what's happening with them yeah but it's the last of us part two is like yeah but they killed a lot of people. They made a lot of enemies. They left a path of destruction that literally went from one side of America to the other. And this is the consequences of everything that happened. And so for me, that's why I love that game so much, you know? And then, I mean, Sekiro, I absolutely love dark souls. And one of the games I was going to talk about was Tenchu stealth assassins back on the PS one absolutely love that game and Sekiro is Tenchu meets Dark Souls okay and you know it's just you you play as a you play as a swordsman and you can go running in head first and take on the enemy if you want to but you can also be stealthy you can hug the wall and you can sneak around people and it has this really interesting uh, parry system where basically so in Dark Souls, you have to attack the enemy and kind of drain their health. But in Sekiro, yeah. you can parry and you have this like posture meter. And the more you parry someone, the more their meter fills up. And then when their meter's full, you can perform an executing hit on them yep. that takes away one of their health bars. So it kind of adds this new dynamic to it. Um, and yeah, just so many, so many great titles on the PS4. So many great titles and add to that just even small things like rocket league rocket league was such a big part of my life got its start on playstation plus i downloaded it on a whim because it was free because it was free yep i was exactly the same and my mate downloaded it and to this day we still play the um, uh you know it makes me laugh about rocket league is the fact that they went to ea and ea said that won't sell yeah and now look at it. And now look at it. It's you know, it's an esport. It's everything that you could ask for from a from a game like that. And it just started out as a humble free download on PS now. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. And I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that like 
PlayStation had the best free games. There were some times that their games weren't amazing. Games for Gold did have some better stuff. Yep. Um, but for, for me, it's it's always the first party exclusives when it comes to PlayStation. That's the thing that always does it for me. There's and something quite the, special about them. Yeah, there is, you know, and that's what's interesting about Xbox going around and buying all these companies. Like, I know PlayStation are doing it as well, but it's kind of becoming, for me personally, like, oh, okay, Xbox is the platform for my multiplayer and for my sort of general gaming experience, but yeah. my story-heavy narrative experiences, I'm going to PlayStation. Yeah, I, I get that. I think... Um... You say about you mentioned Microsoft, you know, buying all the. We've obviously had the big acquisition last week, which um, I've spoken about and given my thoughts for Monday's show. So mm. I won't go into too much now. But um, it's Spider-Man on the PS4 is, is an absolute incredible like title. And you say about the Batman Arkham system, you know, Shadow of Mordor uses that same kind of combat system. If there's something, there's a reason for it, then it should just be used across the boards because it's yeah. it's a very good, it's a it's a really good f- combat system that gives the player feedback about you know fighting and you know and it's just fun and Spider Man is yeah. great and like you say, you mentioned some real good titles as well like Sekiro. Um, I haven't played The Last of Us Part Two, um, but I know it's divided. Like you, mm-hmm. you you're either you either love it or you hate it, but. The PS4 I mean, was Persona Five uh, a uh, exclusive as it's well. It's a PS5 exclusive, PS4 exclusive. Sorry, yeah. Um, you know there have been some incredible experiences had on PS4. So, yeah, I I don't blame you for taking Spider Man. I really don't. I think it's a, I think it's an absolute incredible title. Um, I'm trying to think of other. I mean, there was many. There was hundreds. You know, got God of War. You yeah, know, and like. Just so many. And as somebody who enjoys a story-heavy game, I think that's what I loved the most about the PS4. Yes. I I like Sony's new attitude that they're bringing some of their titles to to PC. Horizon Zero Dawn, PS4 exclusive. Yeah, Amazing game. And it's on now on Steam. It's even better now it's on Steam. God of War is on Steam. You know, I'm hoping at some point we're going to see something like... um, you know, the Last of Us series on PC. They talk of the Uncharted series coming to PC. You it know, makes me wonder if, like, if it's really popular, if we could end up seeing, like, a Sony PC client. You know how you have, like, the Blizzard client, the Riot yeah. Launcher, all of that stuff. Like, it'd be interesting to see, especially with this, like, Project Spark, as that's rumoured and stuff mm. like that, you know, if we start seeing... Because, I mean, everyone has praised the fact that, you know, Horizons on PC and God of War is coming and people are asking for more PC Sony titles. So I I wouldn't be surprised if at some point, maybe not a launcher, but maybe they get to the point where they launch on PlayStation and PC at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, Days Gone is on PC as well. Is it really? That's yeah. a game I meant to play. Yeah. It's on my list. So, and the ports, apparently, the well, I know Horizon Zero Dawn port is solid because I own it on PC. The port is incredible. Mm. Um, and I've got friends who've got Call of War on Steam and they say the port is unbelievable and it's reasonably priced. It's £40 in the UK. 
It's actually so, not bad. Yeah, it's it's forty pounds, and I think Days Gone you can pick up on PC for as little as twelve or fifteen quid. So, so tempting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, you know, so that's something I'll be getting at some point. But I really hope we we do see. There's rumors of the new Demon Souls or the remake of Demon Souls that came to PS5. It's coming to PC as well. I'll be all over that. Uh, one of my favourite games of all time, Demon Souls. So, uh, yeah, you, you've picked an absolute worldie there with with Spider Man. We've actually like going over your list of games. Like, you're going to be really busy, but they're they're really solid choices. We <laughs> haven't finished yet. We've got a couple more categories. Your underrated gem. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we all have an underrated game. Um, I've mentioned mine. Mine's Crosscode. It doesn't get talked about enough, and it needs to. And people need to play it. What's yours, and why are you taking it? So, this is weird. <laughs> um, it's uh, a game I played on PS3 um, called I Am Alive. So, it's a really, really obscure title. That every time I talk to people, they've never heard of it. Um, but essentially, you play as a man, and it's like a post-apocalyptic world. There's been some sort of natural disaster, and you're trying to track down your wife and child. Okay. And you're you're going through uh it starts off you go back to your house and you're trying to find out where they are they're not there there's a note saying they've gone to a certain place you sounds go like 12 minutes it, it's similar but it's not shite <laughs> um yeah let's 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 not get on to 12 minutes um it's yeah, it's just kind of it's this story of a man trying to find his wife and daughter and there's all these twists you know you keep seeing this girl who you think is your daughter and it's i mean i'm not going to sit here and say it's the best game in the world but it was a game for me that i really 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 enjoyed and i feel like a lot of people don't talk about um it had a great ending uh i'm going to put in asterisks from memory just in case people are like no the ending was crap um <laughs> I remember enjoying the ending, um, but yeah, it, it's one. I've, every time I talk about it, no one's ever heard of it. Um, but yeah, great game. I just uh, game. just just googled it. Yeah, I've never heard of it. Uh, it was released in March on March seventh, two thousand and twelve, and it was by uh, Ubisoft Shanghai Darkworks. Yeah, so it was a Ubisoft title. So there you go. You may even be able to play it on. Have I got it? I've got Ubisoft Connect here. Let's see if we huh? can actually play it. Because uh, I like to I like to get a hold of like some of the games that people talk about. I like to be able to, if I can play them, I like to play them. And then kind of in, in a few weeks, I'll give my uh, like thoughts and dealings to those games. It'd be mm-hmm. really interesting to see if uh, this is on uh, the Ubisoft store. Um, but, you know, it's, it does sound like uh, I am alive. Is that the one? Yeah, that's it. I am it's alive. there. There you go. So if you want to, so I am. I have got it in front of me. If you want to play this, Ben's underrated game. I think. I think that's a nice actually way of swinging this podcast in a slightly different direction. Is the underrated game is something that you know I should experience. Um, so there we go. I'll, I'll at some point I'll pick that up and I'll experience it through, and then I'll drop you a message on Twitter and say <laughs> this is my opinion, whether it's underrated um, or not. <laughs> I'm interested to see. <laughs> so um, yeah, so I am alive. Excellent. So I've never heard of it, um, but it's available. It's there on on um, 
on Ubisoft's uh, when I when I saw it was a Ubisoft title, I was like, "No, there we go, it's there." So I didn't I didn't know I was uh, like I, I played it on a whim uh, when I was at uni. Like I said, I was at uni. I had the PS3. I think it was like seven quid when I bought it, and I was like, uh, "Do you know what? This sounds interesting. Let's give it a go." And they're the yeah. best games. They are the best games. I think because uh, I went in with like absolutely no expectations, that's what kind of helped it. I, I mean, do you do you know of CD keys? Yes, I am. I'm familiar with it's, CD keys. It's, yeah. it's three pounds on CD keys. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Look at that. We're gonna pick it up. We're gonna play it. There you go. On Ben's recommendation of his underrated game, get ready for the Desert Island Games uh, like discussion on I Am Alive in the future. There you go. You've uh, you've you've cursed this episode now, Ben. I've got to play a game. <laughs> so um, before we go on to what is the f- best and how do I put this? The most it, it causes many many problems. The next category, which is about the games you're going to leave behind, we need to actually talk about your unpopular gaming opinion. For those who do not know, an unpopular opinion is something that, for example, my unpopular opinion is Final Fantasy VII is overrated. That's and fair. that's that's mine. Um, I've had unpopular opinions going on the lines of they this person liked to buy the XP boosters from the store, like because he has. I remember have, hearing that one. Actually, yep. he doesn't have the time to do it. Doesn't yes. have the time to do it. I've had many. Uh, some uh, one of them was Stardew was a piece of crap. Interesting. And then they left the Stardew behind, so it was a, a full full hate on Stardew. So. Uh, I am. Um, I'm. I'm sitting here ready. I'm bracing myself for your unpopular opinion. So, uh, depending on my reaction, I, I, this this scares me. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. I'm. I'm. I'm ready. Super Mario RPG is one of the worst games that was ever made. Okay. I'm done. This is. This, it's <laughs> over. It's. It, so hang on. Are we talking? Are we talking the the original on the N sixty four? No, the, the SNES. The SNES. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a bad game, dude. Yeah, it's a I, bad, I, bad game. I, you, 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 so, uh, okay. So, I mean, we did a series on it from Keith's recommendation. Yep. Um, it just you know, eight. Go and listen to the bloody battle music. Hang for on. Super Mario so can RPG. I just, just can I just ask just before you go any further? Go on, your yeah. your your co-hosts on Play Along Podcast they know you don't like this game. We all unanimously hate it. Okay, right. Fine. <laughs> I didn't think. Like, I'm sitting there thinking he's about to ruin some friendships. No, <laughs> no, no. We um. So Keith actually did a uh, sort of end of year award fin where he had a bunch of people on. And uh, we all sort of we submitted voice clips to him, and he cut it up and blah blah blah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, worst game that we played that year, all three of us unanimously agreed, Super Mario RPG is the worst game. I mean, it's, it's so the it, it's small things like you find out okay, you inflicted a fear status on an enemy, but it doesn't tell you what the fear status does. No, you know, there's no there's no understanding of what statuses do of what certain items do you can't read item descriptions mid-battle the battle music is absolutely awful and has cursed my ears and i will never be able to forget it because it is the same five second loop over and over and over again 
Ben, ben saw this category and said, right, this is going to give me another chance to, to just ra- 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 rave about the rant about this game. Um, so for those who do not know, Super Mario RPG was the legend of the seven stars is the one we're talking about. It was released in 1996 and it was, an ends- it was on the SNES. Um, and it was a collaboration between Square, before Square was Square Enix and uh, Nintendo. It did lead on to what is probably one of my favourite games of that, is the, is the Paper Mario scene. My favourite genre for Mario is Paper Mario. Jared's and I, the same. Yeah, That's his, like, I adore A Thousand Year Door. And I even like like Origami King. And I, there was the one previously, which was a load of crap. But anyway, I've never come across anybody who have turned around and said Super Mario RPG. It's awful. It is absolutely awful. Like you, the, the last section of the game, before you're leading up to uh, the main villain, Smithy, you have to re-battle every single boss that you've battled so far in the game. <laughs> you go in with all of these items and the game's like, oh yeah, before you get to Smithy, here's seven bosses for you to fight. You've got to refight Boya. You've got to refight Countdown. You've got... And it just drains your resources. And then you get to Smithy, and he's got that weird cursed image second form where he can turn his head into a tank for no reason. And each of the heads has a different weakness, but it's never explained to you. Like, when we were playing... We were going through the fin and Kai would be like, oh, did you know that Boya is weak to lightning attacks? And it's like, no, because there's no feasible way. Like, there's no... When you... There's no on-screen trigger to, to, to tell you, oh, this enemy is weak to this kind of attack. Yeah. You know, and it's just the entire booster and all of the stuff that happens with booster tower and him trying to shotgun wedding peach and like just it's an awful awful game and i don't even mean by today's standards i just mean by like and miyamoto signed off on this miyamoto was executive producer of this game he signed off on mario being used this way yep the only positive the only positive is that it led to paper mario yeah and then Nintendo that's, ruined it. <laughs> well, that's the thing, you know. Like that's the only the only positive I can see. And I, I, I mean, if you feel like I'm being harsh, like I'm not saying listen to the whole series, but we have a series on Super Mario RPG. Just listen to the last episode, the last section, because what we do, we give our thoughts on each section at the end of each episode. But then at the end of the game, we give our overall thoughts of the game and whether or not we would recommend it. Mm. And this has kind of become like an inside joke with me and Keith. Like, Keith has always given me crap because I didn't like Super Mario RPG and it was his recommendation. And, you know, it's kind of led to this, like, sort of inside joke between us. But all three of us had an awful time with that game, you know. I think that's the big thing. When you experience a game like that, that people hold high on these like pedestals mm-hmm. and you are uh, you are you are allowed to not like games now last week you did you have you i don't know if you've heard last week's show because you see you say you're saying you're trying, i don't no, want to spoil no. too much from like if you're going to sit down at any point and listen to it but i was having the same kind of discussion about a game and it's octopath traveler okay now i know people absolutely love that game that game is shite 
<laughs> I'm I'm gonna say it. Right? You, do you want to see me? The, the game is shite. Like forty hours in, the game is shite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this, this is the thing: is like you know, I so I did it with Metal Gear, right? When I suggested Metal Gear, the one thing that was hard for me to do, but I feel like I did manage to do, was take off those rose tinted glasses. Yeah, of course. And look at it and go, okay, legitimately. Like, there are a lot of issues with Metal Gear. I mean, first and foremost, it is misogynistic and sexist as hell. Yep. Meryl's character is so degraded, and every single time she starts to have her fault for herself, something happens to knock her back down and, like, quote-unquote, put her in her place. Like, there's a big thing of, like, you know, you're a woman and things like that. And I just before people rip me apart and you're more than welcome to come at me on Twitter, bulletin underscore Ben, you're more than welcome to just remove those rose tinted glasses and actually look at the game as a game. It has awful music. It has awful battle mechanics that are never explained properly. You know, it has weaknesses, but they're never explained for the player to utilize. So why are they there? Yeah. You know, and just just genuinely take off the rose-tinted glasses, remove the nostalgia, and look at the game as a game. You nailed it there. Nostalgia. Nostalgia is a powerful thing, and it can cloud people's judgments. And I think that's the biggest thing. When someone gets a game and they're like, oh, this is incredible. You know, games we, were, we used to play when we were young. Uh, you know, you some of those games still hold up. Some do. I but, mean, we played Doom. We played the original Doom for the podcast as a Holds let me up. do like an interstitial in between each series. Yeah. And Jared recommended original Doom. None of us had played it before. And it held up. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. But I I agree. I I how do I put it? I don't disagree with your opinion. Um but I don't because I don't hold that game like in this really high pedestal that other people do. Mm-hmm. Um I appreciate what it's led to, the Paper Mario series and so on. Um, but yeah, there is there are some fundamentally fundamental things wrong with that game that even would infuriate me. And I'm I love my turn based RPGs and everything else. I mean, I'm the same. I love them. Yeah, and I think that's part of what infuriated me so much. <laughs> it's just yeah, I I I can't wait to like Twitter's gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. But well, it depends actually because like. This is well. I thought the next, this last category was the most controversial category, but whew, so unless you've got something that can top this, uh, top the last one, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. So two games left behind. I always describe this as kind of which side of the force you want to be on. You can, you can do good in the world and remove something like uh, the Super Mario from the N64, which throughout the industry is known as the worst game ever designed or ever built ever made or you can take something that's really good you know things people are taking things like dark souls death stranding uh they've mm-hmm. taken metal gear and they've placed them on the island as well you you know but because what you want to do is you don't want people to experience those you want to be completely selfish so it depends on which side of the uh, the force you want to play on are you you know on the light or the dark some people take one of each or some people just you know they take something because they feel like it's a good thing to leave now, I would normally uh, do a Twitter poll uh, afterwards. Uh, unfortunately, I kind of forgot with last week, so 
we'll get around to, to doing this one. Hopefully, I'll do last week's as well in the same Twitter poll. Um, so I'd normally announce it the week after. So you'll have to wait till yeah. the next Desert Island Games, folks, unless I edit it in on this one. Um, <laughs> so your two games, we'll do them one at a time. What's your first one and why are you leaving it behind? Uh, okay. Oh. Crash Bandicoot 2. I'm leaving it behind for a good reason. Okay. <laughs> I absolutely love Crash Bandicoot 2, and it's probably my favorite platformer that I've played. Um, now, we were just talking nostalgia, and some of that may be nostalgia. Um, I do own the Insane Trilogy, and I have replayed through 2, and 2 is still my favorite of them. And I, I guess it's kind of like a selfishy thing i guess because i yep. kind of want to leave it there for me to play <laughs> just um, you yeah just me <laughs> so that's why i'm leaving it there it's not that i'm like oh it's a crap game it should be forgotten from history i just i i very nearly was like okay we'll leave super mario rpg there um that was kind of where i went to at first but i i went with a different angle and so i went with crash bandicoot 2 because when I realized there was going to be a Twitter poll, I kind of wanted to be a bit chaotic and like, you know, rile people up a little bit. So the other game I'm leaving is Spyro the Dragon. I, yeah, you take this one. You, 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 you you take this one. (laughs) I never got on with Spyro. I, I never, ever got on with Spyro. Um, I'm not saying they're bad games. It just, never gripped me and i'm gonna hate twitter i i always much much preferred crash bandicoot um i mean i even have the crash bandicoot tattoo i got aku aku sitting on my arm underneath my drowning sonic tattoo Ah. Uh, you know i just i never ever got on with spyro and for me when it came to like ps1 era rivalries Crash and Spyro seem to be the ones that people felt most passionately about for some reason. Mm. You know, they're always kind of like you. You talk about rivalries and stuff like that, and Crash and Crash and Spyro are ones that tend to clash quite often. Yeah. So, like I said, I very nearly left Super Mario RPG on the island, um, but when I realised there was a poll involved, I wanted to see where people sat. So. Thanks. Crash Bandicoot 2 and Spyro. I'm I'm really looking forward to um, doing that poll. Uh, <laughs> genuinely, really looking forward to it. Not I, my Twitter is going to be a bloodbath. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see where people sit and why. I think that's the main thing. Uh, yeah, so we'll the idea will be we'll get them out and then the the Twitter basically. So it won't go out until the show's released and I'll, I'll say when the show is released uh, so we'll be doing we'll be catching up with Raguchi's uh, poll and then um, I'll edit that in to the edit of this one um, to, to who which one would be left behind and like I say it won't go out until it's released uh, but um, I feel yeah. it should be Spyro you're more than welcome to disagree with me people who are listening and you know Spyro should be left behind and Crash should carry on but uh, I'm interested to hear what your co-hosts have to say as well, where Keith and Jared sit with... with so, I, I I don't know about... I don't know about Kai, but I know Jared Kai. loves Spyro. Right, yeah. So, um, I haven't discussed this with him, 
he'll be listening to this for the first time because I know he's uh, he loves listening to Desert Island and he's uh, he's interested to see what I say while I'm on here. But yeah, interesting. Yeah. That's that's gonna be a good poll. Um, yeah, uh, Ben, I've loved every minute. We've been chatting for nearly two hours. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's mad. Uh, when you get two people who enjoy the gaming industry together, you just sort of sit there and talk. Um, a lot of it was digressed conversation, but it's great. It, I, I've enjoyed the chat, and that's kind of what it is. It's just sitting down, having a chat uh, of this kind of overarching theme of what games you take on a desert island, but moving on to other subjects and in places as well. So I want to thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it on this uh, Saturday evening. Um, tell them again everywhere where they can find you on the internet and... Uh, can do all of the good things that you do yeah so um like i said my personal twitter is at bulletin underscore ben um uh, i'm not super active on social media i post things now and then um i've got a little thread going on of games that i've completed in 2021 with like a little review of what i thought of them and things like that and uh eventually i will get back to streaming uh and i richard can see behind me i've got pile of crap here that i need to be sorting out for my little streaming setup and stuff but um yeah eventually it'll be bulletin ben as well on youtube um but also probably more importantly go check out the podcast play it on pod twitter and instagram um like i said play along with us or if you're like i'm never going to get to play that game then listen to our playthrough and see what we think and we're always interested in just having conversations with people, finding out what they think about a certain game or what they think we should play, why they think we should play it. Um, and yeah, Jared does a great job with the socials. So he's, he's very active on there. You'll get a response, definitely. Yeah, awesome. Uh, again, uh, thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for giving up your time on a Saturday evening. Um, you, um, I'm, I'm not looking forward to the bloodbath that you're going <laughs> to cause on Twitter. Uh, not only are we going to have to wave the fan of Super Mario RPG but I got a put up a poll to see which one was going to be left behind between Crash Bandicoot and Spyro thanks I really appreciate it Ben so thank you again oh, it's been great it's been great <laughs> <laughs> yeah I got to deal with a bloodbath thank you again and uh, we'll catch you very soon yeah definitely cheers cheers